You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Good morning, everyone. So today we're going to continue to explore our purpose as disciples of Jesus and effectively how we see that played out at Authentic Church. And there are two key things that Jesus asks us to obey. The great commandment is one which says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like like it, love your neighbour as yourself. So that's the great commandment. Then we have the great commission. Then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And when Tammy and I looked at that, when we were um, setting up and establishing Authentic Church, we looked at Acts chapter 2, which is the early church. And we looked at, well, how did they do that? How did they fulfil those two greats, if you like. And we identified five key things that we could see, which was number one, love God, which talks about our worship. Number two, loving others. So that demonstrates our serving and our ministry. Number three was learning and growing together. That's discipleship. Number four was belonging and sharing together. And that again is around fellowship. And lastly, sharing the good news So telling people about Jesus, proclaiming the kingdom, and that's evangelism. And Jesus modelled all of these. He did all of those things. And we sum this up in Authentic Church in a very simple purpose statement, which is we want to continue what Jesus started. And you notice on our banner, we have those three words, love, share and belong. And we feel those, again, sum up really well those five things. So today we're looking at evangelism. But what is it? Well, the word evangelism comes from the Greek word, and I'm going to read this, euangelizomai. I'm not going to repeat that one, which means to preach the good news. So evangelism, when we think about it, is to preach the good news. Now, you might say, hang on a minute, I'm not a preacher, therefore that doesn't apply to me. However, to preach translates as to share, to proclaim, to announce, to bring, to demonstrate. Therefore, you may not be a preacher, but you certainly, I'm sure, can share, proclaim, announce, bring, demonstrate. So therefore, evangelism is about sharing the good news, sharing the good news. But what is good news you might ask well recently after quite a few years of heartache and pain I really felt I'd lost sight of what that good news was I didn't feel being a Christian was good news and I'll be honest I was really starting to feel condemned not just of that but also of sins of the past. Even though I'd repented many years ago, somehow those feelings of guilt and condemnation have crept back in. And therefore we're told to go and share the good news, 
but did I really feel the news was good to share? I took that to God. And I felt God ask me, do you believe you are forgiven? And I hung my head. And I felt God say to me, if not, then Jesus died in vain. If not, what hope is there? If not, what message are you sharing, Nigel? And I was really challenged by that. Really challenged. If you don't believe, Nigel, that you're forgiven and Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, if you don't believe that, then why are you even bothering? So I found myself repenting and apologising for God for feeling that way for failing to recognise that truth. Because through Jesus' death and resurrection, I am forgiven. My sins are forgiven. But I'd lost sight of that. And I felt God bring me to three passages. Isaiah 1, verses 18 says, Come now, let us settle this matter says the Lord. I love that. It was almost like he was saying, look, how many times do I have to tell you? Let's settle this matter once and for all. And he says this, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Psalm 103 verses 10 to 12. He, this is God, does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And finally, Romans 8, 1-2, one of the few memory verses I know. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. I am sin free because of Jesus. I have a clean slate because of Jesus. I have eternal life because of Jesus. That is good news. So what happened after this coming back to that recognition of being forgiven? Well, peace my peace was restored. My identity in Jesus was restored. My purpose and calling were restored. John 10.10 10 says in the Amplified Version, Jesus said, I came that they, that we, that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, till it overflows. That fullness was restored. Now, you might say, well, what's that got to do with evangelism? Well, I think it's got everything to do with evangelism. Because if it's not good news for me, how can it be good news for anyone else? If it's not good news for you, how can we go out and share it? 
So therefore, for me, I'd lost sight of that good news. And then it becomes much harder to share that with others. So finding that good news is so, so critical. And if you don't know that good news, then I'd urge you to to seek God and find it. So then how do we evangelise? How do we share the good news? Now, if you have a Bible with you today, we're going to look at Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. And I'm just going to draw some observations out of that about how. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, it has a subtitle, says, Jesus sends out the twelve. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now, it's just worth noting as we explore this, these verses, where this happened in context. So this is Luke chapter 9. But in the, the chapters leading up to this, let me just sort of take you through what the disciples had seen Jesus do. They had witnessed Jesus heal a man with leprosy. They'd witnessed forgive a man and heal a paralyzed man that was lowered through the roof in front of them. They'd witnessed him call a despised tax collector and, and ask him to go and eat in his house. They'd watched him teach in the synagogue and heal a man with a shriveled hand on the Sabbath, which he shouldn't have done according to the to Jewish law. He'd heal peoples of demons. He'd heard, they'd heard his command to love his enemies. He'd seen and raised a dead boy to life, taught them the importance of sharing through the sower and the lamp. He'd calmed a storm. He'd even raised a dead girl and healed a woman who was sick for 12 years. The disciples had witnessed Jesus do all of this. And more, I'm sure. Then he sends them out. Then he sends them out. And so there's four observations I want to make from these passages. How do we share the good news? We copy Jesus. We do what Jesus did. Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 12, it says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Remember, Jesus was an evangelist. In Luke chapter 4, he quotes Isaiah 61 about himself. And he says, these verses are true of me. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Jesus was an evangelist. Now, he also went on to heal the sick, set the captives free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, comfort those who mourn. But if we want to know how to share the good news, 
Start by copying what Jesus did. Number two, know that when we share the gospel, Jesus trusts us to do it. Which is quite a thought, isn't it? Because I know what I'm like and yet he still trusts me to share his good news. Verse one says this, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He gave them power and authority. You don't give power and authority to people you don't trust. Jesus trusted his disciples. Jesus trusts us to follow his lead. We'll leave the lights. So that's number two. Jesus trusts us and he gives us power and authority. Number three, sharing is more than just words. It's also about actions. Verse six says, so they went out from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. They shared the good news, they proclaimed the good news and healed. Their words were backed up by their actions. Billy Graham is quoted as saying this, the gospel must be communicated not only by our lips, but by our lives. This is a visual proof that the message we preach can actually change lives. If you're worried about your words in sharing, share in your actions. That's number three. Number four, and I think this is one of the most important ones as we share, we need to trust him. Verse three says this, take nothing for the journey. Take nothing for the journey. And I feel God is saying in that is don't rely on your own abilities. Trust in me. Philippians 4.13 says, 4, says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Matthew 19.26, with God, all things are possible. Zechariah 4.6 says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. We need to take Jesus with us. When he says, take nothing, not a shirt, not a coat, and there's this long list of things, he's saying, take me, take me. And we need to act in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that is some ways in how we evangelise. But I want to give you a different perspective. I don't even know how I came across it, but recently, as you are on Instagram or any other social media channels, I saw a video of someone, and this video really caught my attention, and I'm going to share it with you now. You're going to see a video, it's only two minutes, two and a half, three minutes long, and the person talking, for those of you who know, is Pen Gillet, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and he is half of the magicians of Pen and Teller. Now, Penn is a devout atheist. And it's really important you understand that when you watch it. He is a devout atheist. He's a very vocal atheist. But he tells of an encounter with a Christian who meets him at the end of his shows. And it's fascinating to watch, as I hope you'll find out. Now, what he'll use in this little video is he talks about this Christian proselytising 
So proselytizing is another word of sharing, of evangelizing, of, you know, going out and sharing this message. But I'd like you to watch this. So this is, this is an atheist's view of Christians who preach and who share the good news. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition. Um, I thought it was from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New Testament, just part of the New Testament. A little book about this big, this thick. You know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of... Uh, proselytizing. I mean, he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm saying I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive, and he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me. And then gave me this bottle. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people should proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible which had written in it a little note to me uh, not very personal but just you know like to show and so on and then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch now I know there's no God and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that uh, but I'll tell you he was a very, very, very good man. And uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave me that book. That's all I wanted to say. How much do you have to hate someone? not to share the good news from an atheist. I, that was one of those sucker punches. How much do you have to hate someone? I loved how he said 
if I saw this truck was coming at you, and you, I've listened to it a few times, you said, there'll come a certain point where I would tackle you. you know, there's a certain point where you can see he's going to launch himself at them and take them out of the way. How many people are we tackling? How many people are we tackling? Interesting, isn't it? He said he was a good man. I love that. He said he was a good man. And this is what he was handed. Not this one, obviously. <laughs> this is the New Testament and Psalms, a Gideon Bible. And I got this one in the 10th of December, 1983. I was 12 when I got this. Now, I'd love to say it changed my life. It didn't. It took another uh, seven years. But it's interesting that he remembers receiving a Bible from someone who was a good man, who was sane, who looked him in the eyes and shared the good news of Jesus. So what's the conclusion? How do we conclude this? Jesus sent out the 12 to share the good news and heal the sick. He still sends us out today. How do we do it? We copy what Jesus did. We continue what he started. In that sense, it's quite simple. <laughs> Jesus trusts us and gives us all authority and power to do so. And when we do this, we need, we need to sort of practice what we preach. It's not just in words, but in actions. And it's not in our own strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 